Alrighty. Let's get... All right, boys. Well, podcast for the season 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to be here. Do we? What is the official our official league name? Is it G Town NBA Dynasty 2020 season? I think, that just, what I think it just rolls into bragging rights, to be honest. Ah, oh, bragging rights. Yeah, true. Might have to rename it for another year going forward, but we'll see how we go. Well, start everything off. Um, I think the first thing we need to do is do a quick recap of last season, who won. Um, give our give the credit to the winner. So, congratulations to manager Gabriel DeRose. Yep. Taking out the season. Round of applause. Yeah, well done, Gabe. Well done, Gabe. Well played. So, bit of a recap on his quick season. So, manager of the league. Um, to be honest, quite impressive to actually come out and get the W for the first actual trophy we have. We all had the, we all had the experience of doing it the year before and He's come in and actually won it, which is quite impressive as well. Um, his journey, a couple of things. The first trade he made, or one of the first trades he made that made a real impact, was Drew Holiday. <laughs> you play a big sliding doors moment in the actual, in the actual Olympic, league. Olympic gold medalist, NBA champion. So all the accolades. All the accolades. He's gotten that player for Drew Holiday. Oh, so he got Drew Holiday. And Boyan Bogdanovich. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking back on it, it's not a great trade from the other party. But Gabe, no, no. To, now, now, to Dan, bring can you play. please can you please just tell everyone who was the other party? Do we, we name the other party? We, we have to we have to name name and shame <laughs> name, and, name shame? and shame. Oh, it's, it's the one and only Jordan Zigalakis. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no. Now oh. it, it goes right back to the draft where he took Cody Zeller. Center spot. And he yeah, ended does. up getting rid of Zeller and picking up Aldridge in the trade because he was that desperate. Um, <laughs> he really was. <laughs> that, that move literally set the tone for Gabe's year right there because later on the... And for Jordan's year. He's, yeah, and for Jordan's year as well. well. He's turned that piece through Holiday into Rudy there, which is a big, big include. Massive the cats, the cats that kind of want him the whole thing. And if you look at the, the rankings, Gobert comes in at number 20. For I'm doing all the rankings based off Basketball Monster. Number 20 for the year. So he's got a top 20 dude for Aldridge and Boyan Bogdan, if we go back to the start. So that's where it's, that's how he got in a role. That's how he had the cats he was going for. And then later on in the year, the trade that I think we wanted the one in the league was Westbrook for Jared Allen. Which, big trade. Big trade. Big trade. Um, well, I think the narrative for our league, Westbrook. I think that was Aaron Luke. Um, it was going around a bit, wasn't it? Bit, it was. Bit Murdoch me. Bit Murdoch media like that we had with the narrative on Westbrook and ended up being Fro- sold sold cheap from Prash to NFAB and then sold cheap from N- over to over to um over to Gabe and it ended mm-hmm. up being a, a pretty pretty important. I think you were telling me a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, Ryan, that in a couple of like four or five of your leagues, the person who won it had Westbrook in the, in yeah, the majority was, of the winners. He was uh, the most commonly owned player in all fantasy leagues that won the championship. Bloody hell. That's actually insane. Um, if we have a quick rank last year overall, he came in at 77. But if you punt free throw and you punt turnovers, he jumps right up to the top 10. So, yeah. And they're the two cats that Gabe punted. So that's yeah. it's kind of the blueprint of how he won it. He went yeah. hard on five and tanked. <laughs> and four and yeah. 
risky strategy. I didn't think it was going to risky get strategy. Yeah, Fucking very it was, risky. It was the first. It was the first out of everyone to adopt that hard punt on four categories and just backed himself in on the five that he had and got cool. on that shit. When Westbrook's putting up video game numbers, it's going to work for mm. it. So um, I don't think it's sustainable moving forward. I think he got it. <laughs> I, I think he got it for his window, and congratulations to him, he did it. But yeah, uh, down the track and the pod and see what we think of that. But anyway, moving on to Gage season, um, picked up Gallon with pick twenty four in the draft as well. So it turned that into Westbrook, which turned into a championship. So some small moves, some sliding doors moments, which led Gage to winning the whole thing. Um, came in with a record of nine and eight. Same as Jesse, the dominating dinos. <laughs> Regular season is him, but came good at the right times. Jeez, the perception of those two teams are very different, weren't mm. they? No. I think they had the same record. Unbelievable, really. Yeah, exactly. And to think, the, um, wasn't didn't Jesse only just knock you out of the postseason as well, Jaden? He did. He did. He just get into the end game. as well. So yeah. the, the last round had some major implications as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Certainly could have gone either way. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky, and then he ended up versus Max in the grand. Sixteen and one season, boys. What do we think? Yeah. I don't think we'll see it again. I nah. don't think we'll see it nah. again either. Right. From from anyone, yeah, that was um. That if anyone, an yeah, if anyone's going to do it, I think Max has the potential to do it again. He's still got a lot of those key pieces, it but does. that was definitely um one of the best fantasy efforts I think we'll ever see. Yeah, it was sixteen and zero coming into. Yeah, the loss in the last round of the playoffs in the last round of the regular season. Sorry, so queen. Oh Jesus, clean sweep all the <laughs> way through to the end of the season, <laughs> but didn't quite get it. Um, rounding out the rest of the rest of the league was I came in third, um, Jordan fourth, Jesse fifth, and Fab six, and um, the bottom four, which we'll speak about later, come to the lottery. But no, nah, good run, good run of Gabe. Some- he made um, yeah. didn't really make a bad trade, I don't think, in my opinion, which is yeah probably why he won the chip. To be honest, um, yeah. no no bad moves um, going all the way through. Stuck to his guns and won those five cats. So congratulations, Gabe, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, and won the chip. Won the chip without LeBron as well. In the, yeah, in the it's last a good point. Season, it's a good point. So he's definitely going to be reloading and coming again this year. I think. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a look Absolutely. at his team later on. Later on in the pod and see what we think and where he might where he might sit. But anyway, that's the recap of Gabe. So well done. Um, segment number two we've got here: season storylines and shocking moves of the year. <laughs> so <laughs> where do we start? Oh, where, oh, I think we all know. I think we all know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 rewind the clock a little bit and let's go back to the preseason before any games had even had happened. Even I, if, correct me if I'm wrong. This trade happened before the draft, didn't it? It happened before capers were set in. Jesus, it was weird. early. That's an early, early crow. Early. Um, for those listening, obviously it was Joel and Bede, Chris Paul for Lonzo and Middleton. <laughs> uh, uh, arguably the biggest reason why Max went sixteen and one. Yep, right I, there. I, I can't agree. He's oh, it's it's a ridiculous trade, and um, it was it was questioned at the time as well. It was. It's, it was yeah. a hindsight view of it. Yeah. It was a was a borderline veto, if I remember correctly. Like oh. that, the veto was definitely thrown around for sure. I, I remember the, the exact. I remember, I remember where I was when I saw the trade. <laughs> we all do. It's one of those moments. <laughs> don't forget. I literally just looked down at my phone and Face ID connected with the phone, and the, the message came across, and I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> what's it, what is he?" Done? And I was, I was like, no, I'm, "I'm vetoing this shit." But then it's a dangerous precedent as soon as we get vetoing those type of trades. So we, we didn't go down that road. 
Uh, our league hasn't gone down that road, which I think is a good thing. But I'd say kudos to Max for maximising on Jordan's love for Lonzo. I mean, yep. he identified yeah, he the did. weakness in the man and he attacked it. So good on him. Yes. Well done. <laughs> um, that's him up for the whole year. Like, if we have a look at it, did. rankings here, um, Joel and B ended up sixth overall for the whole year. Um, played 51 yeah. games, so he missed about 20, uh, yeah. which I think was one of the main reasons Jordan wanted to get rid of him. It was the games yeah. played problem, to speak to that. On It was on Chris Paul's side of it as well. Yeah. And nearly 40, probably didn't expect him to come out and be top five for the MVP and then sign a four-year <laughs> no deal at the end of the season. But <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty... Maybe. Jordan's logic, while questionable, was there. And then uh, it kind of went the exact opposite of what he thought it would have, to be honest. But... Yeah, I know. When look at Chris Paul as well. Ranking mm-hmm. in the... Rank- so he's traded top six and top eighteen, dude. And if we the players he got ended up with, so Lonzo, um, forty-eight ranked, not ideal, and not ideal. Middleton solid player. Middleton solid player, but, 41, solid. but but forty-one. Yeah. So he's got kind of two. Give you any cats that blow you out of the water? Just kind of middle of the road, good piece plays for your team. But he's traded away two of you. Two top five MVP candidates last year. That's, it was yeah, a clear a, loss. On the trade. It was a clear, oh, a clear yeah. loss on the trade. A clear loss on the trade. But it is what it is. And uh, I hope Jordan from. Re- I reloaded from after that. Yeah. That in a moment as well. Yeah. Um, just straight into that one. Um, was the next talking point. Um, the Luca trade, the Godfather offer, the precedent for the league. The Godfather offer. When it comes to talking. Trades with people now. If you're looking at a top five guy, this is the this set the precedence of what is possible. Yeah, it's fucked me in a lot of trade talks. I know that. Nick Fab, yeah, interesting, interesting offer. But Nick Fab saw he he saw his man and he went after him hard. I'll give it to very, him. Very very hard. Do we well, have the, the deal? Does anyone have the deal? Yeah, uh, we've we got the deal here. So it was Luka Doncic and um, a future second round pick from yes. Jordan, which and Fab gets this year. Gone for Fred Van Vliet, Zach Levine, and Bradley Beal. So the narrative on this trade when it started was another loss for When Jordan. it happened, yeah. But I reckon it was not one of his worst trades in hindsight, to be honest. And you know what, Jaden? Um, I agree. I'll, so. be the, I'll be the first to admit I was pleading to Jordan, do not do You've got a potentially a top five fantasy guy for the next 10 years. And we're in a dynasty league. Um, yeah. You can build around this guy, see what he does for you and build around, but... And move any direction with him. Honestly, you can move in many directions with him, but hindsight, looking back at it, the value of the players of Beal, Van Vliet, and Levine. Fox... Levine, sorry. Levine. And, and Levine. Levine yeah. Wow. It's insane. Beal, Beal had a career very, year, yeah. which definitely helped. So Zach helped. Levine had a career year. Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Well. He ended up flipping Fred back for Vus as well, yeah. so... While he, at the time when both of those trades were made, they were really questionable. He actually did a good job of flipping them into things that worked for his team. So, got to give him credit there. But but when the trade happened, it was astronomical. I just couldn't, yeah. I just couldn't believe someone moved Luca, to be honest. Yeah. It's crazy. A big name to be moved. Oh, it's a huge name to move. But looking back on it, Nick Fab's side, has it made his team worse? Has it made his team better? Hmm. 
Well, I think Nick's team would have been better with those three pieces, but he's managed to build around Luca, and he's got that piece for the next 10, 15 years. So, yeah, and there was a, it might be the closest thing we've had to a win-win. I think mm. I agree. Look, I can't. Jordan's thrown this down the sink. The value at the end of the year has ended up being in his favour, but then Nick Fab as well. I think it's worked out well for him. Um, yeah. There was at one point during mid-season where I thought Nick Fab had a team that was going to beat Max. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Change off a little bit, but yeah. so I think, yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think it's the closest thing we can get to a win win that we've had of this caliber of trade. Moving on, next storyline the Prash Collapse. The Prash Collapse. <laughs> the Prash collapse. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone can put their hand up and say they saw this one coming. It's a little, it's a li- literal natural disaster that occurred, and we all saw it happen, and a few took advantage. It, can be argued that it was so key in uh, Gabe's championship run, taking full it, advantage of the Prash Collapse. I think it was. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell my kids about this one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really something to behold. The Prash Collapse. So where did it all start? Well, according to GW, the don't know how much you want that. According to GW. <laughs> Source, as per GW sources. As per GW sources. Prash trailer away. Yeah, G-Woj. Prash trailer away, first round pick. <laughs> and then... Traded away. Gee, like, um, we might we'll probably yeah. cover it off later. We'll, 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 we'll cover touch. it. Um, he literally traded all seven of his keepers from last oh, season. Seven. He traded all seven of them. It's a big roster overhaul. So it's a, it's a huge overhaul, and we'll go through it in more detail later. But it was a literal flip of his team. Decided, you know what? I don't want to go for any of these cats anymore, and he's just started going for the other ones. So. He just he lost a few matchups early in the season, and then he, he did, just yeah. he yeah hit panic mode and uh, full panic stations. Decided to rebuild yes. was the only way forward. Look, panic stations that one looks like he was trading just for the sake of getting rid of players with no real direction. It was it was worrisome. It was a fire time. sale. It was a fire sale. It was. I felt it was trading away guys because he didn't think the chemistry worked, but he wasn't bringing back guys that Mm. made any sense, to be honest, from my opinion, looking at it. And looking at his team now, it's just just much of a muchness. It's it's kind of going (laughs) middle of the road. He's got no superstars. He's got some depth. He's He's definitely got a lot of manager moves to make within the next couple months. Yeah. From where he was, like, man, Giannis... Bam, Fox. It's he had Capella at some point. Like that's a dangerous yeah, combination had, to put together. Had Westy as well, the and championship Westbrook. winner. Like that's yeah. He could I mean, have won the championship. He, he just he was very was, yeah. Do you remember how badly he was talking absolute shit in the <laughs> in the pre the preseason get together? <laughs> I've never yeah, seen a man bad. walk around with that much of a head wobble. <laughs> he loves a bit of lip. Literally landslide three weeks later. It was glorious to watch. Oh, it was beautiful. It was glorious to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Because everyone still had that that preseason piss up in the back of our minds going, oh, yeah, remember when Prash was saying all that? And now look at him. It was a massive fall from grace. And going from the one seed last year, he was the hunted this season. He was everyone's grand final. So, you know, everyone... Step up a bit when they were yeah. playing against him. Arguably yeah, had a chip um, ripped from his grasp last year because of COVID. So, yeah. he'll argue that. I'm sure a few others would argue differently. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's oh, yeah. different opinions on that one, but you can make a case for everyone that season. But You and me, Jaden, we were both up there as well. 
Absolutely. I reckon mm. I was every chance. My boy yeah. Hassan Whiteside carrying me to the promised land. <laughs> oh, I don't hear anything more about that, man. <laughs> well, if you think about it, Prash's team he had coming into the year, is that not the blueprint that Gabe used to win the championship? Oh, it definitely was. 100%. Yeah, it was. He's basically stolen his team and stolen his thunder. And yeah. he's, he's, he's <laughs> as, as a first, first year manager, he's executed it better than him. And yeah. yeah. Take, Does it say more about Gabe or more about Prash? Uh, uh, bit of column A, bit of column B, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, I think so. Fair, yeah. I think so. Look, he's taking what Gobert and Capella, who Prash had alongside... Go, Gobert, Capella, yeah, alongside Giannis, yeah. And Westbrook, that's, that's what Gabe pretty much won... Mm-hmm. The chip off. So, yeah. Anyway, I think Prash will think about it every night he goes to sleep, but <laughs> definitely keep him up at night. Keith definitely keeps him up at night. I don't think uh, he's had a good night's sleep since, to be honest. No, <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. Anyway, see what he can do this year, man. Prash heats on you. But next talking point Max's fantastic season. We've covered a little bit off already, but shit, 16 and 0. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we couldn't touch him. And he wasn't winning cats like 5 4. He was winning Cats 7-2 throughout he the years pretty consistently. He was, he was a Monty to win the, win the chip halfway through the season. Oh, it, yeah, without a doubt. He was the heavy favourite. No one was catching him. He locked up the one seat real early, had the first week bye. He looked unstoppable. It was... I, Max, I don't know exactly what it was. I think a bit of COVID for the last week made him mm-hmm. shit and we've learned from out of the league. But yeah. Max's team was Donovan Mitchell going down towards the end of the year didn't help him either. Mm-hmm. Um, so injuries, Kyrie, Irving Kyrie Irving deciding to take another hiatus. Yes. Zion Williamson. Yeah, there's there's he hurt him, um, especially going to that grand final against Gabe. Zion Williamson for field goal percentage. It's big, but yeah, I think um, as well on the other side of it, a lot of him not copying much COVID backlash throughout the first 16 weeks of the 16 matchups went in his favour as well. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't using any COVID IR for a lot of the season. And uh, I've had a chat with him about it and he would be the first to admit that that happened as well. But when it mattered, it essentially went the other way. So it's very your rough. Boy, your boy's opinion on this. Was he? He was not. He was obviously of the opinion of I don't need to trade. My team is so ridiculously strong. I'm ten and 0, 11 and 0, 12 and 0. Did not being active enough hurt him, or do you reckon it was just how it was? Was how it was, and it was always going to end up with him with how his season ended. I reckon if it isn't broken, you don't fix it. And when you're ten and 0, you got out to sixteen and 0 on board, didn't he? It's hard to argue with those results. So I don't really. It's like with the waiver wire. I mean, that's another thing we should mention. He didn't. He made barely any waiver wire moves. He had more money left over than anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just because he didn't need to, and that's fair enough. I think as long as you keep winning, I wouldn't be changing it. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. in hindsight, it didn't work, but you can't see that coming. I, I agree with that to a point. I think that definitely you don't change the major core of why you're winning games, like Embiid, Jokic, Chris Paul were probably the major reasons why he's winning every week, right? 100%. But then you look at the categories that those players have, they don't necessarily actually mesh very well with Donovan Mitchell and Zion. So he could have created a beast in certain cats and then still been really all-rounded, whereas he had some guys that contradicted each other, and I think that's the reason why Gabe ended up getting over the top of him in the end. Because he's because, five strong. Exactly, because he was yeah. five strong and... While Max was really good in the categories that he lost to Gabe in and then blew him out of the park with the other four, 
he still didn't have the strength to get above Gabe in one of those five categories, which is why he lost. Yeah. So, I think I'm a bit of I'm on the side of both of you guys. I reckon don't don't change what's not broke, but I don't think Max was looking matchup dependent going into the finals. He wasn't adding players to his roster where he's if I come across Dan, I need to have this cat stronger than what I have it right now. He got a little bit complacent. A little bit complacent with his overall complacent. talent. Yeah. Didn't I know I understand his method of get overall talent, you're gonna win most cats most weeks, and I, I agree with that. But when it comes down to the playoffs, you need to get a win and you need to find out who's strong and what cats, and I don't think he had enough depth to go for those cats in the finals, which might have hurt him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll see how he goes next year. Um looking back De- at the go on. I was gonna say definitely like we said before, don't think it'll be replicated. And it's definitely something to go down in the bragging rights history books. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, if there's one thing I know about Max, he'll be up day and night trying to figure out what went wrong and trying to write that <laughs> wrong this season. So, a, ded- a dedicated man. Yeah, curious to see how he bounces back. be very interesting, Max's next, next season. Well, looking back at the picks from last year, um, one that stood out to us, pick 13. So, what, effectively round nine... Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Huge. Massive Huge. pick. Massive pick. We're talking about value when we went through the draft. I mean, all NBA level player taken there in the ninth round, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's impressive. It's very, everyone, very impressive. Everyone passed him pretty much. Mm-hmm. There's not, mu- not much really all star level value after that, that's for sure. So. And there wasn't a whole heap before either. Christian Solid. Draymond Green's in there. I mean, DeJounte Murray went high up. Mellow Ball was pick eight as well. One of the other better ones. But in terms of the quality of play, Julius Randle's miles ahead of those guys. And yeah. Does anyone have the team that uh, that dropped him? <laughs> that dropped him? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me. Uh, Jesse got up. <laughs> uh, was it Chase? Oh, was it actually? There's a, there is a... I know, he, I know he dropped him last season, but like the first season. Did he do it last season though? No, it was pre-draft. He would have he been, he he been traded, yeah. He had him and he didn't. He decided to not use him as a keeper and he dropped him. Bit uh, of an oversight there, I would have thought. Bit of an it, oversight. It is an oversight. To be honest... It's also when... an oversight by the 13 people that picked in front of him. Mm-hmm. Or the 12 people that picked in front of him. And when... A lot of Jared Lyons about him. Yeah, when, mm. he, when, he comes out <laughs> and win, when he comes out and wins the most improved player, it's always hard to try and pick that player, right? So, that's what... As soon yeah. as you're picking after round two, that's your hope that you're picking the most improved player in the NBA. So, well, I think that's sort of what separates the good managers from the poor managers. Is someone who can see that value in the second round versus someone who's got the value under their nose still can't smell it. Very true. Very true. Um, was that a, was that a little drive by press then, or <laughs> just, just saying? <laughs> uh. Good pick up, and I think it was Jesse that ended up picking him up. So I think it was, yeah. yeah. It was, good, yeah. good, good pick up there, Jesse. We'll give it to you. Um, another last of the season storylines is I don't think anyone's even mentioned this the past twelve months. Definitely um, needs to be highlighted. That's for sure. It, it's been highlighted once we've actually gone back through the records. George's draft last year. <laughs> I mean, we'll give him credit <laughs> for picking Jeremy Grant. I mean, to Detroit, had he production? Fair enough. But let's just roll through his first three picks of last year's draft, right? Tyler Hero, bust. DeMarcus Cousins in the second round. In the second round, you reckon? In the second round, in the he second went. second round. Gee, we started the season at Houston, thought he was going to get a massive role, and did absolutely nothing. Well, who did he get in the third round then? Serge Ibaka. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> who? 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 Oh my God. Like... 
under the radar for so long. Like he drafted zero value to his team for the first it two rounds. And I heard him in the end. The only reason it's been looked over is because he hit the gold mine on Jeremy Grant. And that True, was which it. was a good pick, but does, was is that pick. enough to negate the rest of his draft? I don't think it is. Back on it, no, it's not. I mean, Jeremy Grant's not even on his team anymore, and he's moved him for what? Demolition, who I don't know. It doesn't, it's the Black Swan that team, but it's only really fit. And Tyler Hero was he, was he the fourth pick? Am I correct in <laughs> saying he was the fourth pick? <laughs> was that's top, that, was I top think you'd be right in saying that. Yeah, oh, you'd sure want to get that. a real contributor from that sort of spot in the draft. I would have thought. Yeah, Tyler Hero. I mean. Cheap. Had a down year. No, I just didn't really. Bit of bit of sophomore slump about him. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of that about him. I think George might have been sucked in a bit by his uh, final series and his yeah, players bubble, in general. The and, bubble might have got a couple of players, but I think you're right. Yeah, I reckon mm-hmm. the bubble was. Yeah, hasn't been if, fun. if you look at Tyler Hero's outlook as well, it doesn't look good. Like no. Miami's getting deeper, so he's going to be less and less fantasy relevant. So. Hopefully, George learns his lesson and doesn't pick him in the first round again this year. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know if, don't know if many people are going to be going for Tyler Hero, to be honest. He, 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 could be, <laughs> he, he actually could be a player that might go undrafted. Yeah. I wouldn't be touching would... Hero with a 10-foot pole. Oh, no, yeah, I wouldn't be either. No way. Well, that's the season storylines and the moves we've had. Um, let's move on to our... You know, where, 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 are the, where the teams are sitting, um, what we think they should do, um, and kind of what this season outlook is looking like. Now, Ryan, you're the first team off the off the ranks right here. Um, I've had a quick look at your team, and I'll see what you, you guys' opinions are on this, right? So, keepers from last year didn't really work out for you. Um, kind of put your season <laughs> on a, uh, a back foot to begin with. Um, Kelly Oubre, Hassan Whiteside, and Thomas Bryant. <laughs> weak, it's a weak, weak keeper pool, unfortunately <laughs> for you. In and... my defense, Thomas Bryant did his ACL like three games in, so... But, That's fair. But Westy would have stolen all of his rebounds anyway, so it wasn't looking yeah. good. So <laughs> Ubre Ubre shouldn't probably shouldn't have been a keeper, but going to Golden State, yeah. And Whiteside can't you go. <laughs> I didn't I didn't <laughs> say that words. Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> so my thinking behind that was to set the record straight. He was lead, just about leading the league in blocks last year. Was carrying me to the playoffs. And he was in Sacramento where his only competition was Rashawn Holmes. And at that stage, his own wide side was projected to be the starter. And then we all know what happened from there. But <laughs> was he? That was, was, that was, yeah, he was. Because Rashawn Holmes went undrafted uh, in our league, so uh, someone would have picked him up if he was. Uh, I'll take if you away Holmes for it. was a projected starter. But, and that, again, another thing that Gabe took full advantage of. So Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, let me run through a couple of points I have on your team. What, what, what are my thoughts are on this, right? Um, big obviously the big question mark is your depth, right? You got Harden, Giannis, and as we all say, the bananas. So <laughs> you're struggling a bit of depth. I know you've got MPJ, um, who should be a, an up and coming fantasy guy um, as he gets through his career, but your depth is lacking, in my opinion. And I don't want to see, or we could see a repeat of three keepers that aren't going to be fantasy relevant by the end of the year. We don't know. So you're in a dangerous situation again where you need to make sure you nail those keeper picks. Um, I think you already know who they are, but whether they pan, pan out or not, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, with that lack of depth, pick two and pick five, extremely, extremely important for your team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Picks that you may not be able to take a risk on, you might have to go for the real safe player. I know you're probably going to pick Jalen Green with number two, which I don't think anyone's going to blame you. But pick five is going to be a really interesting one, uh, whether you go with another rookie talent or you go with a bit more of a solid established player and try and get those cats cats all together. But it'd be an interesting one for you in terms of who you've actually got in this team, right? Harden and Giannis. Now, obviously speculation lately of Harden... <laughs> in trade talks and will he be moved? Why did he be moved? Who's he going to go to? What are you going to get back? What I think of this situation, right, is I think Harden and Giannis need to be given a shot together. Um, looking at the cats you've got, for Giannis, six assists for a person that's in the powerful position is quite valuable. Hard 11 or 12 assists next year if he's healthy at Brooklyn. It's going to be a big cat for you. Um, they're both high, high volume players, so turnovers are going to go out the window already. Um, free throw is probably the one that everyone's just saying, nah, get rid of Harden. He doesn't match Giannis' free throw. Um, I don't think free throw has to be a top three cat for you. Middle of the road cat, you win some weeks, you lose some weeks, you take what you get. Um, but I think those two players need to be even a shot together. I mean, you see what that team comes to. I think pick two and five are really important to put some correct players around them. I think you need to work hard early on in the year to try and find a guy um, that might be very, very valuable. So that's what I think you just should. I don't think you should be in the trade market just as of yet. Um, but that's my opinion. And, yeah, obviously everyone's going to think yeah. differently. Um, a player down the line, which I think you should go for, um, you're not going to be out of game right now. And it might be a halfway through the season. depends on whether your player values go up and depends what the other person on this podcast might think. But DeMontis Sabonis is a player Ooh. that I think might fit very well in this lineup. Um, if you go with Giannis and Sabonis as your big guys with the assists and you can somehow get Harden in there as well, you shore up that cat and I think they might work very well together. But uh, we'll see. I don't, what, do you, what, do you, what do you boys think on that, Jaden? What, what, what do you think about that, Jaden? Sabonis yeah, look, on my team, how does it look? I mean, Sabonis <laughs> would look great on your team, but, uh, you know, he'd look good on a lot of teams. Let's, not, let's be honest. <laughs> um, I, I think... I think Dan's right, though. I mean, Giannis and Harden, there's a lot of teams out there that will kill just to have one of those guys. And you've got, you got two you got bona fide superstars. So, like, yeah, you can make the argument you trade one and you bring in a lot of sort of role-player types to fill out the roster. But if you do play the waiver wire well and you, you draft well, all of a sudden you can have a competitive team there. So, you know, I reckon the hardest part is getting those superstar players. And when, now that you've got two of them right under your nose, it might be in your best interest just to uh, roll them for a bit, see if you can fill out the roster in, in other ways. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you guys. It's a very tricky situation. It's always going to be weighing up what the benefit of what I can get back for Harden versus what him and Giannis look like together. So, and like you said, my other keepers, as George likes to say, don't exist. So, um, (laughs) Harden, Giannis, Bananas. Um, That being said, they are very risky. So, Jonathan Isaac and Yusuf Nurkic. Isaac obviously out for the year. Um, Nurkic coming off a very down year as well, but has good potential. So, uh, I'm personally just very happy from having kept Whiteside and Thomas Bryant and some of those absolute peanuts from last year to end up with Giannis and Harden on my team to finish this year with yeah. some some good lotto picks as well. So hopefully can turn it around, but happy with where I've finished up the season. Yeah, definitely for your team. I think your team's either going to go one of two ways. It's got a big variance, I think. I think if you can nail those draft picks, picks with Harden and Giannis, you could be pushing playoffs. I, got, I, I don't see any reason yeah. why you can't. Yeah. But it's hard to do that. Um, it is. Put them in again. You might have these crazy volume players, um, but if you don't put the right pieces around them, you might struggle for a bit. So it's going to be interesting Ryan's team. Um, I wouldn't count it out right away. I think it's got potential, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
Jane, I might throw to you. Yeah, so next up we've got um George William, yeah. uh, Snipers. <laughs> Uh, not not a great year for Center Snipers. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, we can go back early. You know, when we first started this league, and he charged out of the gates. Everyone thought, "Gee, well, he's onto something here, isn't he?" And he just really sort of blew a tire early when he made that uh, original Harden trade. But um, you know, since then he's um he's he's made it. He's made some questionable moves. He started the season with some real snipers. You know, Damian Lillard, Paul George. But um, jeez. He's moved both of those boys on. And what if I told you that he turned Damian Lillard and Paul George into Christian Wood and a first-round draft pick? Like, it's, it's, not great, it's not great reading. <laughs> it's not great reading at all. I mean, Paul George went for um, Andre Drummond. Questionable move at the time, you know. Real unknown Andre Drummond versus Paul George, a proven entity. And, um, yeah, he's since moved Andre Drummond on for no return on that. So... He, he pretty much just clipped his fingers and made Paul George disappear, which is quite impressive. Um, First time I've seen him. <laughs> have, have words out of Luca Land that they are absolutely over the moon with that deal as well, by the way. So. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, so when he realised he wasn't going to do any damage at the season, he really sort of went into tank mode, hence trading for the first rounder. Um, he pinned a lot of his hopes on the draft lottery, didn't he? Um, it Can't didn't work out for him. We all know what happened there. <laughs> it didn't work out for him. I think, you know, he was pretty confident in getting... Pick one, even pick two at least. He would have taken pick two as most would have. But uh, he, he was definitely shopping Cade pre-draft. We'll put it that way. Yeah, he was shopping players he didn't have, which is questionable, questionable at best. Um, yeah, and to end up with pick three and four, does anyone have the numbers on him on the chance of that happening? Was it four percent? Was it four percent? Four percent. Yeah. Gee whiz. I mean, yeah. So look, there's some bad luck in there. You know, like that's not his fault, is it? You know, but. He took the punt to go to the lottery, and he knew what the stakes were, and unfortunately, it didn't really work out for him. Um, he spent $82 on Moses Brown, who played about <laughs> two matches for him at the end of the season. Oh, my like, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, I reckon if he wants to... I guess an area for, of improvement for him would be using his waiver money a bit more wisely, because I don't know why he had that much money left at the end of the season anyway. I mean, the rest of us were, you know, wheeling and dealing all season long... Good pick up here, diamond in the rough there. And all of a sudden, he comes with 82 clams at the end of the season to get a bloke who played two good games. So, again, another avenue to get talent that he just really didn't use at all. So, you're telling me there could be some general manager problems down at Single Snipers? I reckon that could be some problems. And, you know, you hear a bit on the grapevine about, you know, the fans aren't too happy and... You know, we all know about the billboard story. Um, uh, yeah, the billboard story. The billboards are up. Yeah, he, you know, he was... Tell you what, he was under the pump, that's for sure. Um, the other one is uh, Towns, Carl Anthony Towns. Has been, he's always involved in Towns rumors, isn't he? <laughs> always involved in Towns always. rumors. He would have thought that by now he could close the deal, but he just can't seem to make the trades that he, he's after. And I reckon it's just because of like the shit that he talks, to be honest. I mean, he just needs to maybe turn it down a bit, go under a rock and just head down, bum <laughs> up. Just play the season, stop yapping so much, and maybe uh, he can bounce back. But on the flip side, he does have something to work with. There are some players there. He does. That, yeah, he definitely does. You know, Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in basketball, not necessarily non-cap fantasy, but the man is just a walking bucket. So, you know, Num- something number, to work with there. Number eight ranked last year as well, top 10 player. There we go, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, Christian Wood, not bad. Miles Turner, we all know his block story. He just blocks everything. Win, wins your cat off his own, off his yeah. own defense. Like, exactly that's, that's right. That's ridiculously exactly right. important. 
So it's not all doom and gloom. There is something to work with there. The only thing is he hasn't really shown an ability to find players through the draft or the waiver wire. And if he can't improve on that, then he's not going anywhere, unfortunately. What do you boys think? I think you're pretty accurate. Um, I think the inability to get a trade done when he needs to get a trade done leads him to overpaying down the track, as we saw with the Vucevic trade. Like I thought he paid a little bit overs to get that one done. Um, he couldn't get the cat trade done earlier on the year, and then someone's come in and backdoored him and got cat in his own team. And oh no, <laughs> oh no! And I, I think who he, that was. Yeah, smart man, <laughs> right? Or that person, but um, and could have done Vucevic earlier on in the year. And I think I think George's problem is he tries it. I feel like he tries to do two trades at a time with two different people. I'm going to do one trade if the other trade falls. And yeah. it, it, he tries to get the dominoes all in order and sometimes the dominoes that fall in each direction. So I don't know whether he needs to reevaluate his trading ability, his GMing, um, but could be something mm-hmm. he could look at right there. I think you've nailed it pretty well with his analysis there, Jade. Yeah. Brian, I think, anything to add? I think his team is... While the, the team is built very differently, his draft is hanging very similar to mine where he does really have to hit on his draft picks. Like, if he's got no Cade, no Jalen Green to pick pick at pick three, it's going to be very important for him to make sure that he hits on that pick. If you're him, Ryan, who are you taking pick three? Well, for me, it really depends on who gets dropped because we still don't know who Max's keepers are. We don't know who everyone's are locked in. So if it is a Chris Paul or a Halliburton that gets doesn't get um, kept by a Max, that very well could be really good value at pick three. I think it's going to be Halliburton or Harris coming out of that team if there's no moves made by Max. So yeah, and so so Tobias Harris is amazing value at pick three. Amazing I, value goes straight in, especially if Ben Simmons leaves. His value is only only going to go up as well. Like could be huge for George if he picks something like that. But I think for him. Um, Going on what Jaden said before, it's more important about the later picks as well. Yeah. Just having those guys that complement his blocks and give him another cat win here or there. So Well, speaking to the man, I know he's not on this person. Pick three for Mobley. Is that someone he should look at, you reckon? Well, I think he absolutely should have a look. Yeah. I think I mean, so Mobley, well. Green and Cunningham are almost in a, a league of their own in the most recent mm. NBA draft. And, and Mobley yeah. definitely suiting Miles Turner and Chris Stapps. That's my thoughts. In terms of blocks and rebounds as well. So and he shoots the three ball. Be. He shoots the three ball. If you look at Cleveland's lineup, they've just signed Jarrett Allen to a four-year deal. Jarrett Allen's been playing the center spot the whole time. A lot of the time, Mobley's going to be sitting on the perimeter. He can shoot the ball. Um, George said he doesn't shoot it enough, but he's taking two or three three attempts a game. It's probably going to go up in the NBA a little bit. He might, might be making 1.5 a game, might push two threes a game in his second year. So I think it's someone that actually fits his team. But And all he would need is to show a bit early in the season and he could probably trade him for value greater than that number three pick anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, does he go with an established yeah. talent drop by someone or is he, does he go with Mobley? It's a tricky spot this year. He doesn't have a, a draft pick again until 31. So it's absolutely crucial he hits on that pick. He has got, well, things got could it. get very ugly very quickly. He's got to hit on it. Yeah, 100%. Well, moving on to the next person. Um, Ryan, I'll let you analyse. We've spoken about it previously, the Prash situation, yeah. but just give us a bit of a more of an in-depth run, rundown. We, we did look at Prash's team in a lot of depth. So we'll, we'll start from the start and look at where he finished up last season. So his seven keepers were at the end of last year. Kyle Lowry, Bam, Westy, De'Aaron Fox, Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, 
and Giannis. Fuck. Right. <laughs> if you came to me and said, would you rather the seven keepers that anyone has this year or those seven, who would you take? I would take those seven without blinking. Like that is championship winning level keepers. I think you're pretty close to it, yeah. It's insane, right? And obviously the natural phenomenon that was the Prashers collapse yeah. was just obviously a sight to behold. But um, from there, I think where he started to go downhill was very early and that was in his draft. So we highlighted George's draft before, right? Prashers draft in round one, Brook Lopez was hit waivers after a couple of weeks, followed by Eric Bledsoe, Andrew Wiggins, DeLon Wright. And the only good pick that he made was his second last pick of the draft, which was Michael Michael Bridges in the last, in the second last round, right? So I think very, very what pick. happened to Prash this season is what George could be in danger of happening this se- next season. Yeah. If he doesn't hit on his draft picks, then like what happened to Prash, he loses matchups early, right? And then he can be in that snowball effect of having to trade everyone, which is exactly what happened to Prash last year. Yeah. So, arguably, if he doesn't make a trade last season, Prash and just works the waivers, he wins the chip. But obviously, what happened, happened. He finished third last. He did make a late playoff push as well. He did. was quite surprising. Um, he traded his plethora, a couple of his plethora of draft picks for Kelly Olenek which made a late, pull, late push for the playoffs, but fell short. And unfortunately for him, didn't have his first rounder. So um, that one was with George, I believe, from a trade that they made. So Correct. So uh, essentially, as of right now, Prash, he doesn't have a player that he started the season with. What he does have, though, he has the opportunity to finish his draft by pick 23 next season. He's got he bits. has... 6, 8, 9, 12, 18, and 23 at the moment. So he can obviously flip some of those before the draft to get some value if he wants to. But um, I think he's giving himself every single opportunity to really rebuild his team this year, add a lot of depth, and try and get a lot of wins that way this season. Um, The seven keepers that he does have is Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam, Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant, and unfortunately for him, Jamal Murray, who got done with an ACL. So he's, if you look at who he started with and then who he's gone to with all those draft picks, I think it, we can all agree it's a pretty down year for Prash. We discussed it in depth before, but um, for me, his season outlook is if he wants to win now, he's got to trade the, a few of these draft picks post-draft or before the draft and add in an established number one nine-cap player. So his team has a bit more of an identity. He's got a lot of those B-tier players at the moment. He does. That he needs to package a couple of them with some draft picks and go after a really big name. Whether What he wants that to be, I think he can really go for whatever he wants. He could go for Embiid, I think, would be one that really suits his team. Um, that really efficient big man, or even Sabonis as well, off uh, would be a good fit for him as well. But I think he's got probably a, a lot of options, but he has to make moves. Otherwise, it's going to be another down year for him, in, in my opinion. It's interesting looking at his team. Um, look at his team, Jade. Who are his top two players? Give them to me right now. Who do you think? Yeah, look. Let me just get his <laughs> team up. 
I mean, Devin Booker, you'd probably have to, you'd say, would be in the top two. Yeah. Um, and what, Drew Holiday? And probably Drew Holiday, yeah. So I'm just going to have a quick look at those players, right? Devin Booker, coming into last year, ranked 75 for nine caps. 75th, did you say? He's a, he's an, he's an elite basketball player. But translating to... Doesn't hold a lot of value. Uh, Interesting. Look at any stats, like 25 points a game. That's elite. Like that, that's elite level scoring. But then you go to his threes, 1.9, nothing special. Rebounds and assists at four, like that's not very high. Ball, like 0.8 steals, 0.2 blocks. He shoots 48% from the field for a guard, which is nice. Um, 86% from the line, which is also slow, but tends to blow over, over heavy three turnovers. times. Heavy turnovers. Heavy turnovers. So he sits, he's, he's got good points, and the rest is kind of middle of the road. So you reckon he's a bit overrated, you think? Maybe the perception of him is higher than what it should be. Nine cat, yes. That's that's my call. I think Book is overrated for, for nine cat. Um real life fantastic player, don't get me wrong, but nine cat and um great. I think for Prash the, the blueprint's pretty simple that he does have the a lot of guards and forwards who are really good at field goal free throw and low turnover guys. But he's gotta really identify an extra couple cats that he wants to go after because the rest of them like, Drew's good at steals and assists, but the rest of them don't really have anything. They're just kind of average everywhere. So, unless he's going to be drafting everyone that's average and it adds up to be a lot, then it's going to be tough for him. I think you're right, but I will give it to Frack. If anyone's going to put the analytics together and find a move and get back on track, it's probably going to be him. Um, yeah. Even given his collapse, um, kind of unprash like in my opinion, but I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, at the I end of the day, he he built that team last season. He did that nearly won a chip, so he can do it again. He's got to run no. on the board. Yeah, he does. He does. Even though his team's kind of sitting in the balance, I reckon it's the middle of the road team at the middle at, at the moment. But if anyone looking back up there, it's probably going to be him. So we'll see. Yeah, good, for this year. good analysis. Fair enough. Um, Jados, I've got your team here. Oh. So <laughs> adding Steph Curry last year, but dropping position on the ladder. Um, but to be fair, I think everyone knows it, and I definitely know it. The losses you had by a very, very <laughs> small margin on the last day of the fantasy matchup was, man, that would have been, had to be frustrating, wasn't it? Oh, mate, you don't even know the first of it. <laughs> so I don't think your ladder position reflects where exactly like how good your team is. Um, a lot of close losses, they go the other way. You finish in third, you finish, you're making a playoff run. So obviously we know Landy and number one. It's fucking lucky. You're going to bring Cade Kane and into a team who doesn't care about turnover, and for a rookie player that might have a high volume out of the ball, he's going to fit your team very, very well. Um, I think he's a good steals player. Was it 1.4, 1.5 steals from memory in college? He had. Um, he seemed to do quite well in the stocks in the summer league game. So he might add to your steals, which I know you go for. Uh, so he's going to be a very important player. Obviously, a Luca-like potential player down the line. Um, whether he'll turn into that, it's up to him and see how he plays. But huge player for you. Um, <laughs> massive to add on to your roster. Really good roster. So dangerous player for you this year, Jed. Um, what I've looked at, right, and what I want to see what you think is you've got some big names to drop. Um, you have a team that's important players. Um, given you're keeping M-Rob from words that I've heard, you've got to drop players like Larry, Valentunas, and possibly Buddy Heal. 
So yeah. is that depth going to be replicated in the draft? I don't think you're going to be able to get those type of fourth round. Um, so Chris, probably, but it's going to be interesting to see how you replace that depth. And the other question I've got for you, which I'll let you answer both at the same time, what happens to Jalen Brown? Um, is, he, is he in the plans for your team moving forward? Is he someone that's going to be on the trade block in two or three weeks? What's, what's your situation with those two areas? Well, I mean, for starters, yeah. I want to hit the draft well. Um, I think I was an average draft for me last year. Um, I think most of my work came from the waiver wire, to be honest. Buddy Hewitt in round one was um, a good pick. Yeah. It really fit well with the three-pointers. But after that, it was pretty slim my draft, if you actually look back. So I'm probably iron off more of the waivers more. I think that's what I'm better at than the draft. But, um, yeah, we'll have to, I'll, I'll have to replicate that success if I want to keep a, a balanced and deep team. Because I think I've got the top-end talent sorted, but you need to bat 10 deep if you want to go far in this league. So Exactly right. Um, Jalen Brown... I mean, his numbers last year. He had a, he had a massive leap last year. He did. He, he, he was my step. he was my final keeper the year prior, um, and even then he was he was sort of just an, an eh sort of player. He took a big leap, and he's actually improved every year he's been in the league. So not I don't expect him to take the same leap this season. He's almost peaked, but at the moment I'm happy to keep him in my plans. I mean, his free throws got a little better as the season went on, um, but I would like that to lift still. But um. Him and Tatum together, I tell you what, it makes the Celtics a good watch, doesn't it? So, <laughs> at this it stage, does. he's in my plans. But, you know, as I've said, I've only really got a couple of guys on my team that are completely untouchable. So, you always have a listen to offers, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be on. Um, I'm predicting you're going to be top four this year. I don't see any reason why you won't be. you got some crazy high-volume players, which are still getting better and better. Like Tatum's one for you. What he finished, where did he finish last year? He finished 15th last year in nine cat ranking. Um, he's only probably getting better. Yeah, I reckon he's only getting better. Um, he's a player that could have MVP written on him in five years' time. So it's going to be going to be a tough tough game to come up against you. Um, it's gonna have to got come, the... the cats are going to be good. You've got the threes, you've got the points, you've got the free throw percentage. Probably need to get another two or three that are really solid after that, which I think you will. And Give me a problem. I think what's underrated about your team as well, Jaden, is that you've got those matchup winners. Where last yeah, season there was a wins. couple weeks, there was a couple weeks from Steph Curry where he was shooting sixty percent from the field and hitting seven threes a game, and that's winning you three cats off by himself for those weeks. Yeah. So I think um, being able to surround that with pieces that are really going to complement it and give it a bit more consistency might go really far with you. But it is really interesting seeing that you have the exact same issue that the Celtics have, not knowing what to do with Tatum and Brown, whether or not to keep them or, <laughs> keep them or trade one. It's, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure if you do put any of them on the table, then you're going to have suitors for your team because they, they are some really good pieces and yeah. they're big names as well, which always helps. Yeah, I think the, the, match-up, the match-up winning comments is a good one because if you compare Jaden to, say, Prash's team, I don't really think Prash has many match winners, whereas Steph Curry... Jason Tatum, um, huge match winners. Even mm. SGA can put up some pretty big numbers when he's rolling. So match winners for puts him puts him in the finals for me. Yeah. Um, well, Jaden, I'll let you have, go through Nick Fab's team and see where he's sitting this year. Yeah. So when I hear NFAB, I think of one thing, and that's that infamous post he put up. Who's got a better core? You know, Luca, <laughs> Lillard, Doncic. Um, 
you know, and then it wasn't too much longer after that that he ended up trading away Westbrook and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So, I mean, like, the question there is, if he had a call <laughs> that he thought was so good, why is he blowing it up so quickly? I, I think I think he's... His issue is that he uh, he outsmarts himself sometimes. You know what I mean? You get to a point where you can't really get any better, and he's always looking to change his team, alter, tinker here, tinker there, and sometimes to his own detriment, I reckon. Because I think we'd all agree that when we look at his roster, and this has been true for every season, look at the names he's always got. It seems on paper really good, really strong. I'll give it to him. He's got some good names on paper. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem to really translated yet into wins. And, you know, to be honest with you, I can't really figure out why. But, um, you know, even his first season where he finished with one win, I mean, I think we all agreed at the end of the season it wasn't a one-win team. It was a little no. better than that. Um, the, the biggest thing for him to sort out, I reckon, he's got a bit of a, a Cleveland Cavalier bias going on. If I'm <laughs> noticed. Yeah, there's two trades in particular, and one man was the beneficiary of both. He traded Jared Allen for Westbrook, which we touched on earlier. Um, you know, I think he just wanted a cab on his team. The other trade, which I think goes on the radar, which wasn't really a factor in anything, but just was a poor move. He traded a second-round draft pick for Kevin Love. Um, Kevin Love's a player could have got off the waivers easily. You know, again, it had no impact really on him in the season at all. And I just think he maybe needs to take off the rose-colored glasses and uh, maybe he might make some better decisions at the trade table. The thing for him, though, he's got... um. He's got Luka Doncic. He does. Yeah. In my mind, if we were doing a redraft today, I think I would take him with the first overall pick. He's that good. And he's going to be there for 10 years. And like, he, he allows you to build your team in any way possible because the only stats he really doesn't... Free throws and um, turnovers are not that great. But, I mean, no one really goes for turnovers and all the other stats are elite for him. So, at least gives him a lot of options. And, um, you know, as we said, he's always got talent on his team. So, we've got Luka... Ingram, Paul George, Van Vliet, Damian Lillard. Like, these guys are... Very talented team. Keepers. Yeah. Very, so very he, talented he can, team. You know, I think we're going to go into this season the same way. We're going to look at him and we're going to say, hey, that's a good team. We expect wins. But we haven't seen it yet. And until we actually see it, I'm just going to pump the brakes in him a bit, I think. It's 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 a good call. Like, we always, we look at Nick Fab's roster last two years and go, shit, championship contender. But just doesn't seem to get there. Um, I think you're right with the trading. I don't think he lets his team settle in and see what it can do for two or three weeks in a row before he makes a move. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, I think 100%. that could be something that if I was him, I'd, I'd let my team do, see what it can do. Um, and maybe not blow it up, blow it up like he's been. Like he's, he moved superstars last year a lot of the time when he had yeah. that core that you mentioned. Like, I don't know why I probably wouldn't have moved that many superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I understand getting the, the two for one trades and. Well, um, someone's overpaying for that player. But if someone's overpaying for that player, is it actually improving your team? I don't think that's always mm. going to be the case. Yeah. Only because someone's yeah. overpaying for a player doesn't mean it improves your team, um, which I think he might fall victim to. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I think another person, which we'll talk to next, Jordan might fall victim to as well. Yeah. yeah um, I think I think the thing with Nick's team, like looking into this season, is that if you look up and down the players that he's keeping, a lot of them look like they're set for really good seasons. Like last time last time Paul George was the alpha on the team was this most recent playoff run. It's the best basketball we've seen from him. I think he could genuinely be a top five NICAP player next season, like putting up similar numbers to KD. Um, 
Luke is obviously going to Luca, but Dame's still an absolute beast as beast. well. Fred is Fred Van Vliet's really good for threes and steals. He's got the keys. He's got the keys, but um, again, exactly what you guys said. The man who can get in his own head, can get his eyes set on one player and be like, this is the guy that I want and I'm going to trade for him just because. Like, I think one last season was Oladipo when Depot had shown nothing, but Nick really wanted him. So he gave away good assets to get him and then ends up not keeping him, putting him on waivers by the end of the season, right? So it, it definitely is going to be only make moves when you need to and when it suits your team and when it's improving your team. But other than that, uh, I think he's definitely got the superstars to make something good happen. He does. I look at his team and I'm like, damn, seven strong. Like seven strong, strong. So mm-hmm. There's something to work with there. Dangerous, yeah. dangerous. He's on level with you, Jaden, in terms of what he could do. So we'll see what you guys can do. You're at a very similar level for me. Um, moving on to our next man, Ryan. Over to you. Uh, Infamous. Jordan, 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 Jordan. Sigalakis. Where ahead. do we start with Jordan. Oh, boy. Um, I think we've already touched on it, but we're doing a season recap, not a before last season recap, so we can leave out the infamous Embiid CP3 trade. Oh, yeah, we've done I'm going to try and assess it after that because we all know that was dumb. And after that, I actually think his season is a lot better than people realise, but similar to Knicks, it was very up and down, right? Um, so to... Essentially, look at his keepers at the start of the year. It was Chris Middleton, Luca, Jamal Murray, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Ricky Rubio, and Devontae Graham, which I personally think is one of the weaker batches of keepers going into last season. Um, mine was probably the only one that was weaker, to be honest. Um, but he managed to really flip that in from the Godfather trade that we touched on before as well. He turned that into... Fred Van Vliet, Levine, and Brad Beal and essentially made really good deals out of that onwards for the rest of the season. He did. He did. With some terrible deals sprinkled in there as well. So Unfortunately, <laughs> those terrible deals is undoing all of his good deals. Yeah. He, he makes two or three really good deals and then, un, same as Nick, undoes them with over-trading, trading because he likes a guy without talking about it enough and then ends up biting him in the ass. Um. So, on top of the keepers that he had last season, in the draft, he took Kevin Love in the first round. That's not a good tone setter for how your season is going to go. Um, he did pick Jonathan Isaac in the fifth round, which, while it doesn't sound like a lot, he used that piece to get two of his keepers this year, Jaron Jackson and LaMelo Ball. So, I think that Jordan's really hard to read when you break it down. Like It's easy to just say, what are you doing, Jordan, with all the moves that he makes. <laughs> but... He he does end up making good moves and having good pieces on his team. That's why everyone always talks to him for trades. Um, but on top of that, I think he's probably one of the best in our league at working the waiver wire. I agree. He's very like, good in the waiver wire. Two guys going into the playoffs last season, which made him probably, I reckon, top three in steals and blocks, was TJ McConnell and Robert Williams. They were... I don't think anyone else even put in a bid on either of them, to be honest, when they were picked up. And TJ McConnell, in terms of totals, was number one of the steal in the NBA for steals last year. And Robert Williams, in his blocks and steals per game for someone off waivers, was a lead as well. So I think going from what he started with 
making these trades and all these waiver pickups, laying out his keepers for this season, he's got the Ball Brothers, then he's got Brad Beal, JJJ, um, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, and he's still a bit iffy on his last keeper, but it looks like it's going to be D'Lo. So when you, when you mirror what he started with to what he's got at the end, how do you guys look at Jordan's season from start to finish? I think it was good. Um, post CP3 and B trade. Yeah, post. Um, Very the Lamello ball deal was good for him. Um, he kind of he kind of traded him and then he went gangbusters right after it. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really good deal for him. Um, looking at his roster, someone that really stands out to me is JJJ. Um, bit of a risk, but I think his upside's huge. Um, um, Valentinus is gone. They bring in Stephen Adams. Um, Adams is not someone who typically has the ball in his hands a lot. He's there to be a big body. He's there to play some defense. He's there to grab some boards and def- to defend their biggest dude. Um, frees up JJJ to, to be a weak side defender. Um, we all know that high block numbers can come from weak side defending. And he is a big monster on the blocks. It could actually get up to 2, 2.2. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw that. 2.2. He, um, yeah, he's, he's done it before. He's, he's really good at blocking the ball. He's, he's a big boy. He averaged 1. Point, what was it? 1.6 last um, coming off 23 minutes. I think his minutes bump up to 28. Maybe. maybe. Just I, don't know, I, I don't know if they're going to go 30 based on his injury history. They're probably not going to blow him out just of the water. Just needs to yet. stop fouling people and getting 5,020 minutes as well. He's one down for his foul, foul trouble. So, Jay, got the pros, he's got the cons. Um, see what he does and how he puts them together. I mean, the big man rotation behind Xavier Tillman, um, Brandon Clark. So, he's definitely the starter and he's definitely going to bring the numbers. Whether he stays healthy and whether he stays out of foul trouble, if he does that, I think he's in for a bit. If you like that pick for him. And the other one for his team is Trey Young. I know Trey Young's being shopped around. I know the person I'm about to talk to is coming hard for him and is offering a lot for him. But if I'm Jordan, um, my team's finally got an identity and my identity's kind of formed around Trey Young. Yeah, I agree. So we talked about the overtrading. If he's just taking a godfather, not so much a godfather, but if he's, tra- if he's taking for, for Trey Young, is it making his team better or is he just looking at the pieces he's getting and be like, yeah, it's an overpay, I'm going to trade? Yeah. I think he's going to, if he does that, then he's got more pieces. Then what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to find another super two for one the other way. So I don't think he needs to hold on to him. I think Trey Young over 10 assists a game is elite. And that's one of the, yeah. or 9.4 it was this year, but it'll be over 10 this year, maybe. So I one think thing we know about Jordan is roster turnover. He, I think yeah. I reckon he's the only only player so far who's doesn't have a single player remaining from day one of this league on his roster. Um, so I'm just curious to see what his team yeah. looks like this time next season. Yeah, because yeah. I reckon it'll be very different knowing him. I, I think for me, um, with all the trades that he makes, while he does need to sit on his team a little bit, I think he can go one or two ways with making a deal. I think he has the pieces to upgrade to a star. Like you look at. Um, Brad Beal is an insanely valuable nine cat player, but it doesn't really suit his team. Like he's got a lot of high assist, high free throw, um, kind of guards and gearing towards steals and and stuff like that. Whereas Brad Beal is a high volume scorer who doesn't give you much else. So well, would you get rid of? Would you go Beal or would you go Fox? Which ones are you getting rid of? Can't well, do he... both. Yeah. Probably Fox hurts his free throws, but Beal hurts his assists. So 
whichever you think he wants to make his most important cat. For me, I would be, if I'm him, I'm gearing towards assist. You've got the Ball brothers, they're both, their most prevalent attribute is playmaking. You've got Trey Young, who's going to be top five in the league in assists for the rest of his career, pretty much. So if you're able to get that elite playmaker, whether it be a forward who's good at playmaking, like a Sabonis, or if it's a guard who's good at playmaking, like, oh, imagine if he had still had Chris Paul. I'm joking, Sigur, I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> having that extra really good playmaker instead of Bill, I feel like, would give him top two level in assists and um, free throw percentage pretty much straight away. So it's, cool. go- it's going to be very interesting for him. I think he's one move away from having a really strong team. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's either Bill or Fox. I don't know which one it is because I look at it and Fox is averaging seven assists. Bill averages four. But Fox also is very, very high on the steals. And Jordan loves his steals. Mm-hmm. But then the free throw percentage just goes the other way. So he needs, I think he needs to get a shot blocking big mm-hmm. for one of them, in my opinion. That's what I'd be doing if I was in charge of that team. What he can do, I don't know. He has to suss it out. Yeah. I mean, Miles Turner is a great fit for him, for a Fox. Um, the relationship between George and Jordan is just going to make that literally impossible to get. And, uh, so I'm sorry, Jordan, but the one player that fits your team perfectly is, is, is with George. Yeah. But but then after that, he definitely just needs to lean on his ability to work waivers. Yeah. Like he can, he can get steals and blocks off waivers for the rest of the season and be really strong in those cats. So as long as he doesn't overdeal his established and finally having that identity on his team... If he doesn't overdeal that and works the wave as well, he'll be in a really good spot yeah. next year. I think he's one trade away and his waivers, and that's all he needs to do. But we'll see yeah. what he does. Moving on to the next guy, um, Jesse. Now, this is going to be the one guy I say that doesn't have a chance to win this year. I'm just going to come out and say that. Um, I, <laughs> I, I don't think he's competing this year. I think he knows it as well. Um, he's got bottom, I think he's got the weakest team. Um, I don't know how it baffles me. It baffles me, Jaden, how he ended up nine minutes. No <laughs> idea how he ended up nine minutes. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Jesse. But it just didn't make much sense to me. Like you're, you're bottom, you're bottom in most cats, apart from maybe one or two, which you, I think it was at threes and point zero Kane. But um, you don't have a first rounder anymore. Your next pick, pick thirteen, and then. Your next, and if you're trading that for Trey Young, which you, Jordan might do, I don't know, you're only going to have one pick in the top 45. Like for a team that's on the bottom and you've got no picks, I don't think next year's your year. Um, we, I know I just did a deal with you and you got Kawhi Leonard, so he's going to be on the injury reserve for the whole year. Um, but he's got players, if we look at him though, players that make him dangerous the year after. Like John Moran gets another year under his belt. He's going to be a superstar the next year. KPJ, we'll see what he does. Um, he could go either way. I'm not too sure. So, it'd be interesting to see. How... Like we said, Kawhi Leonard going to be out all of this year. Come back next year. It's a good player for him. When Wiseman gets another year under his belt, whether he stays at Golden State or whether he moves, he's going to be a good player eventually. Um, Zach Levine had a career year, so he's coming into another good year, I presume. Um, Bam's young. He's going to, and with Kyle Lowry going to the Miami Heat, I think he's going to have another career year. CJ McCollum's a lock every year for what he does. And then he's got a player which he offers everyone, Terry Rozier. <laughs> the scariest of Terry's. But if we look at the rankings, right? If we look at the rankings. He's an underrated man, is our Terry Rozier. I mean, he comes in at 38, which is not bad. 
That's Did pretty he... good. It's, it's very good. Do you want to know who 37 is? Who? Luka, Don- Luka Doncic. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. But so, obviously, obviously, we punt turn over as a free throw and Luka goes right up to top 10. Yeah. But with, man, he's throwing 3.2 a game. That's huge. His points nice. are good. 20 a game. He steals 1.2. I know he can get steals. He's got some really good nine cat abilities in there. Um, I don't think he's going to keep him. Might be a lookout for any of us in the draft. Terry Rozier. I know Prash mentioned earlier today that he was on him, but keep your eye for Terry Rozier because he's been dropped from Jesse's team. Maybe he shouldn't be. I don't know. Devontae Graham's gone. Does he work well next to Lamelo Ball? I think watching Charlotte last year, I watched a lot of Charlotte when I had Lamelo and. Their best lineup was when Terry was playing off ball and Lamelli was playing point because he has one of the better catch and shoot percentages in the NBA. And shooting three threes a game for someone as you like your seventh keeper, I think that's actually huge because the difference between the players that you get that shoot one and a half threes versus three threes it's massive. So if you can have more of those players, it suits his team. Yeah, if we're looking at rankings, right? Um, we each keep seven seven players each. That's seventy players. And we're speaking about a guy from 38th overall. Mm-hmm. I think he should be a bit more of a serious consideration for Jesse to keep. I know it's a bit of a running joke in our league, and I don't want this to fall by the narrative situation in our league where we all talk shit about Terry Rozier and no one wants him. He's actually a genuinely good nine-cap player. A bit of Murdoch media about that one again. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens with Terry Rozier and whether he stays on that roster. But Jesse's team, um, I'm counting him out to this year. Um, I think he'll so, win a couple games here and there. But I think the year after, he's going to have a very dangerous team. So I think he needs to make smart moves this year in terms of loading up maybe in the draft next year. If you think about the draft next year, he gets Kawhi plus whatever picks he can somehow manage to get. So I think Jesse's in a... It's my opinion on him. Yeah, well, I don't think you'd trade for Kawhi Leonard if you think you're a real chance this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, you sort of weigh in. Clay Thompson's an interesting one. It is. Yeah, he, he's got, we haven't one. seen him for a couple of years. If he comes back... And he's Clay Evolved. Not that I think he will be, but if he is, uh, you never know. That could really add to his team something that uh, we haven't really seen in the league yet, a fully healthy Clay Thompson. So, yeah. one to watch there, I reckon. And he does have Ja and Bam, who are both super young as well. So, I think if he plays the slow game this season and then in next off-season, capitalises on some Kawhi hype, if Clay's had a good year, moves on him for some more youth, and some good established youth, then he can really reload for ne- the season after next. But next season, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a bit of a rider for it. Well, well, question for you boys. Let's go through his keepers real quick, and then we'll go through the other guys left. So he's got John Morant, Kawhi Leonard, Wiseman, Levine, Bam, CJ. So he's seventh. Campbell Walker, Terry Rozier, or Clay Thompson? Which I one think are you it, taking? I thinking? think it will be Clay, but I think it should be Terry. It has to be Clay. You invest that much in him at this point. Yeah. To drop him now would seem a bit counterproductive. He, he held so. him on his IR for the entire season, so I think he, I think he's backed himself into a corner a little bit with that. But if I'm Jesse, I know I just spoke about Terry Rozier, and you should probably keep him. Campbell Walker. I know the knee injuries yeah. everyone's a bit worried about, and not playing back to backs. But I don't know if you realize who's coaching him this year. <laughs> Tibbs. Tibbs. Man, Tibbs doesn't, is... man doesn't sit anyone. He don't give a fuck about back-to-backs, man. You're going to play him into the ground. Did you see the press conference a couple of times? No. They asked him. Tim, Kemba, are you playing back-to-backs this 
And Kemba smiles and looks at Tibbs and goes, <laughs> you got to ask that man. And then Tibbs just goes, he's playing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I he, love that. So he's not sitting back-to-backs this year. Um, Kemba Walker, deadly, deadly player. I mean, was he a four, five, six-time All-Star? Are we forgetting that? Yeah, yeah he, it's he's, fair. And he's, he's been hampered by being a point guard of the Celtics, which has shown to be not a very... Um, desired position in the NBA the last couple of years. So, well, look at his stats right here. Right before his knee injury really kicked in, if he can get that healthy, he's a durable player. Before that, three times in a row he's played the playing every single game. That's and solid. he's a Didn't one, two, three, four-time All Star as well. Uh, I think we could be slouching him a little bit, man. He in New York, he's going to get his shots. I mean, Julius Randle's there. Yeah, Evan Fournier's there, but I think Kemba Walker comes in at the second slash. 1B option behind Randall. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that um that backcourt plays out with quickly and Derek Rose is back there, is he, or is Derek, Derek Rose in Chicago? Derek. Oh, yeah. I think Jesus. he's back there, isn't he? I think he. Yeah, I yeah, think he's yeah, back yeah. there. So yeah. yeah, Rose quickly and Kemba should realistically make up all of the backcourt minutes next season. So depending on how that plays out, it could be really good. Because I'm looking at um, Kemba's year before he went to Boston, right at Charlotte. 26 points a game, 1.2 steals, 6 assists, 4.4 rebounds for a small man, 84% from the line. Um, shoots three, shoots 3.2 threes. Yeah, that was a good player. Yep. That's, that's his career year. I don't think he's going to get to that again. Um, he's 30 years old this year, but he's probably still got two or three years left in him. 80, 80% of that's a win. So, And the Tib factor, man. Tib's going to play him, man. Tib don't give a fuck about it, man. Tib's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll see how Jesse goes. Um, well, Jaden, I'll hand over to you on the champ. I think we've spoken a lot about the champ. But yeah, so yeah, we have spoken a lot about him. Um, yeah, there's not much else to really say, I guess. But, I mean, yeah, he. I think we all can expect more. Well, he's probably going to drop Dennis Schroeder now, isn't he? Um, yeah, so, he would so. be. I'd say Probably so. the thing that pissed me off most last season was him always calling him Dennis. I don't think he's done enough to earn the right to know by his first name. But, uh, anyway... Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really know where he sits for next season because he's got um he's obviously got the nucleus there that's capable of winning, um and he's done really well. But I think the the pressure's on him next season, to be honest. Yeah, the pressure will be on him. I mean, he'll you know he's the uh, inaugural champion really, so he's going to have the uh, the pressure of going back to back, and everyone's going to be looking at him as as if it's their grand final when they play him. Um, but I wouldn't expect too many changes. He doesn't have any draft picks this year. He traded them all away. For players, and obviously he got the ultimate prize, so you can't say it wasn't worth it. And I suspect he'd probably do similar again. I don't expect oh, this yeah. man to be much of a player ever in the draft. No, nah. he very much lives in the moment, and um, it just it's all about now, 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 now. How can I get better right now? And I suppose, hey, if it leads to championships, you can't really argue with it, can you? Yeah, well, it's worked for him. Yeah, yeah. he's got to, to capitalise on these LeBron years that he's got because he's going to lose LeBron for nothing in a couple of years. So, well, he's um, got. A, a couple of guys, yeah, LeBron, Westbrook, Draymond Green, mm-hmm. all massive, massive contributors to him. Who are really yeah. they're getting up there. So it could be a mm-hmm. tough fall when it comes to him. Not saying it'll come this season, but yeah. when it does come, gee, don't it'll be yeah. it'll be hard. Is he going to be a really t- tough and hard player for two or three years, and then what? How's he going to hack it when he's his players are too old and he's got to rebuild? Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I, you know, no doubt this season he'll be a strong player again, but um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes building through the draft when that time comes because we don't really know how he is as a drafter at this yeah. point. I mean, he only had the, the mini draft, really. Yeah, and true. 
Good yeah. point. It's and important. with um last year as well, the trades that he did make, without doubting his ability as a GM, they were kind of spoon fed to him. Oh yeah, like he they got were. approached with the, some of the strangest <laughs> offers, and he's just like, um, okay, sounds good to me, and then he wins a chip off it. So obviously, wasn't there for the negotiations of any of his deals, but he's managed to make his championship team off some very questionable deals and trading his draft picks away. So while it worked in one year, coming into a season where he doesn't have draft picks, it's going to be crazy important for him to do well on waivers and hit on the picks that he does have. Yep, yeah. agreed. Yeah, big year for Gabe, whether he can back it, back it up or not. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Ryan? Ah, so the uh, analysis of Bobby Boucher himself. Mm, here we go. So in the rumour mill that he's not keeping Bobby Boucher, which I personally am heartbroken about. If that Huge. team name doesn't make a return, I'm going to be pretty sad. But, I might have to redraft him. Yeah, it, it is what it is. But uh, the, the lighthouse commissioner of our league, you, you, you had a very interesting season. Um, working with you, I got to hear pretty much everything that was happening week to week. Um, and coming off second bottom of the ladder to finish second on the ladder, is probably team of the season in terms of a turnaround that you had, right? So you lost to the eventual champion 4-5 in your last matchup. That matchup you lost by six blocks. So you you were right there and arguably could have beaten Max in the grand final as well. I think, did you give him, you were the person that gave him the one loss in the regular season, yeah? I was, I was. You were. I did, so, I did get him. So you were definitely right there mixing it up. Um and to be honest, you, you had some ground to make up at the start as well. I think everyone forgets what your starting pool was like and what you've turned it into. So you started with Jar. Um, you started with Anthony Davis, very quickly turned into Tony Davis and wasn't much of a factor all season. <laughs> Don't remind me, man. Um, but then the only two other notable pieces that you had was Nurkic and Jimmy Butler. Nurkic was obviously injured. You flipped him for a good piece. Jimmy Butler is obviously your boy, so and is one of the staples of your team. Then the other three keepers that you brought into the season was Andre Drummond, DeMar DeRozan, and John Wall. <laughs> I don't think anyone sees them being big players for Nycat next season. Drummond ain't going to get drafted. John Wall's probably going to be a mid to late round pickup. Um, and DeMar, while he could be good in Chicago, doesn't offer much for Nycat anyway. So I think trading five of your seven keepers throughout the season moving them for players like John Collins and Paul George and ending up with keepers being DeJounte Murray, um, AD, Cat, Jimmy Buckets, DeAndre Ayton, and then your most recent trade, managing to move Kawhi and CJ for Colin Sexton and Anthony Edwards and to get back in the first round. A lot of player movement coming through your team, but not the same as other gems where it doesn't look like it had a purpose. All the moves that you were making made your team better where it was starting to lack or for a situation that you wanted to avoid. So I think you, you GM'd your team really well and I think that's why you came second and were in a shot of winning the chip. That being said, um, I think your outlook for next season has a lot of question marks on it. Main reason being is it hinges a lot on how Tony Davis goes next season. Yeah, I do agree with you. What do you think about his uh, outlook next season, Jaden? Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
good record this season. So, I, you know, Kawhi Leonard going down in the trade obviously hurts a bit. Does it hurts, hurts a bit? Yeah. And no first round draft pick, so no reason to tank. It's all in. I don't see any reason why you can't continue. I expect mm. Anthony Davis to bounce back. Um, he's much better than what he produced season just gone. Yeah. So, I think that can probably mitigate the loss of Kawhi Leonard. Um, so, I, I would expect more of the same from this coming yeah. season from him, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some genuine talent there, some good nine-cap players. And, yeah, it'd be criminal not to re-draft Chris Boucher at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it really would. He, he suits your team perfectly and would be an amazing one. I think the the one thing that you could do if your season does start going south early, and while we're, we're talking about um, teams blowing up their team, but if it's not looking good early, you do have the trump card of having Cat and George will clear his entire team for him. <laughs> so if you want a Luca-level godfather offer and you need to move some change up the, the makeup of your team, you've always got that, that trump card in your back pocket. So it's a good point, yeah. <laughs> It, yeah. it is a, a sought-after commodity. That being said, though, um, I think the makeup of your team is probably one of the more clear-cut ones uh, out of all the teams going into next year. It's just going to, same as everyone, be really important how you draft. Um, you did well. You got back into the first round with that trade with Jesse, yeah? Yeah, back up to pick eight now. Back up to pick eight. So you're, you're going to be able to get some decent talent, especially with the amount of rookies that are going to go early in the first. Um, but then, again trying to keep up with uh, George on blocks is going to be one of your main things as well. So it's going to be an interesting year for you. Yeah, you're right. Um, Anthony Davis is kind of the one that hinges my whole season on. It annoys the hell out of me because he's a very volatile player. Um, most frustrating player last year, as you can imagine, having him. He sucked. But um, <laughs> with the Lakers, with obviously LeBron being there and the players they brought in, he's going to play the five. So... If he gets himself healthy, um, whether he's got that motivation, which I think he should after a terrible year last year. I mean, if I was him, and I think if I were Anthony Davis, he would not be happy with what you did last year. So you, you still want to come out and stake your claim as a top 10 NBA player. So I'm hoping it's a really good year. I don't want to see any Tony Davis again. If I see Tony Davis again, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with my team. It's uh, going to be I've got a, I've got a hypothetical for you. Yeah, go ahead. O- opening day of the NBA season, the Lakers released their starting lineup. Dwight Howard at center, Anthony Davis at power forward. Do you blow up your team then and there, or do you let it ride out? Oh, that'll be frustrating. Oh, uh, I love the hate. It is. Dude. It is good that they've cut back a lot of their depth at the five, though. So yeah. fingers crossed, he actually starts at the five, and the Lakers will be a better team for it as well. Yeah, hopefully. And the other, obviously, the one why move um, mm-hmm. that ACL injury news that hurt. When you've got a guy at the rankings right now, finished fourth last year, no matter if I'm losing the fourth-ranked guy, my production's always going to drop. It doesn't matter what you get back in the trade, especially because he's missing the whole year. kind of looked at my team and I was like, do I hold on to Kawhi for a year? Uh, I probably should hold on, hold on to him for a year. But he's going to be 32 when he comes back from Nice history. Bit of a risky, bit of a risky commodity to take on for my team who's in this championship window. So I was like, all right, let's see what I can get for him. Um, I actually went out, I actually approached Jeff myself and I said, Anthony Edwards, Kawhi Leonard, straight swap. That was my original offer to him. Um, Anthony Edwards is someone I see as being a future superstar in the league, which is why I went, out, when I went after him. Um, you look at his second half of last year, um, he shot 50% from the field on 24 points with 1.6 steals. 
Um, if I'm looking for a require replacement for my team in the next couple of years, I thought he was the best one for it. Um, but Jesse drives a hard bargain. Did not want that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, I had to cop up CJ McCollum as well and get Colin Sexton back, which is a bit of a much for a match yeah. for my team, that move. I mean, I lose a bit of threes, but I don't really go for threes anyway. So that one didn't hurt me too much. Yeah. Um, but then I got back in the first round with some extra value. So I was I was happy with that that trade for me. Um, I think Anthony Edwards could be one to watch. Yeah, I, I think that trade as well for you, if you look at it in the sense that you got Colin Sexton, who's giving you what CJ gives, minus the threes. Yeah, minus one three. And then who you might be able to get with pick eight, if you get like a Valentunas who's going to, or Bobby Bush, who's going to suit your team really well, then you're going to be reloaded straight away. So yeah, that was my thoughts as well. Yeah. See how we go. Um, last one, Max. So quick one on him. I don't think we need to cover him too much. Um, I expect him to be right back up there again. The oh, combination yeah, of Embiid. Jokic, Zion, his bigs locked down those cats really well. And with Kyrie and Chris Paul at the guards, I mean, he's got talent across the whole field, to be honest. Um, he will have to drop a big name if he doesn't make a trade somehow, which will be hard. Halliburton or Harris, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be Harris. I could be wrong. could be Halliburton. Um, Paul there, I think he's going to want, want to hang on to a young Halliburton to replace him. So that would be an interesting call for him to make. Um, but we mentioned before, he might need to be a bit more active in trade talks this year. I don't think we're going to see that 16-1 season again. Um, didn't really make any trades last year, bar one to move his first pick for John Wall. Um, so I think he might need to be more, a bit more active in the trades this year because I think he's going to be in the pack with the rest of us. Um, if he's not careful, he might fall out if he's not making trades. So might might be one thing to look at Max, but just a quick one on him because I think that's all that needs to be said about Max's team. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think you covered everything there. We obviously we spoke about him at length in the opener. Um, yeah, really good side. Would, would expect him to be right back up there again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he drops because even in the first season, he had some good keepers. Sorry, uh, some good players that he dropped into the draft. So he's always leaking talent that way, isn't he? So mm-hmm. one man's trash, another man's gold. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the underrated thing about his team as well, outside of Chris Paul, it is actually quite young. So... That core that he's got isn't going anywhere. But yeah. if he drafts a bit more targeted, rather, because he's always gone for the best, just have the most talent approach. And while that's all well and good, I think that if he is a bit more targeted about the way he drafts and tries to really bolster, I don't know, maybe his rebounds, his field goal percentage, and his blocks, for example, then he's going to be pretty tough to touch again this season. So yeah, I probably agree with that. It's going to be an interesting um, draft and pre-draft period for him. Certainly will. Well, that's our team wrap-up. Um, pretty comprehensive wrap-up of everyone's team. Um, let's yeah. move on to our last segment. James oh. Mailbag. Yeah. Can I play my sting? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> no sting? Oh, I don't have a sting. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully, uh, in the coming weeks, we'll get a sponsor for this. We'll get a sting going. Yeah. The whole kit and caboodle. So, it's yeah. going to have a jingle. It's going to be amazing. It will be amazing. It always is. Uh, look, I, I started the segment and just thought, Give the voice to the people a bit, you know. Let let someone uh let their voice be heard. Any questions they've got, so um on Twitter at Jaden High eighty eight. If you've got a question, to get through. We're also on Instagram at Grimble Town. Hit me up with a DM, um, and we'll try to get you on the pod. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> first up, uh, we've got one here from uh Crash Chanda at P Chandies. <laughs> hey, Big J, long time listener, first time mailbagger. Nice. In your humble opinion. How do you think the increase to eight keepers will affect trading and drafting for the 21-22 season? 
Oh, that's question. a really good that's question. An amazing yeah. question. I don't mind that. Yeah, Thank, look, thanks for writing in, P. Candice. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Prash. Thanks for the question. Um, look, I reckon uh, what we'll see is people taking a flyer on that eighth keeper to begin with, instead of keeping their um their eighth best player, they'll they'll get a guy sort of like a I don't know like a Pokushevsky or something, and say this might be my boy, and just ride with them for a few years and see if they can produce. Um, I also reckon that's going to make people quite happy to trade away draft picks. Yeah, you know, I reckon um, the value of those will be interesting as they rise and fall. Yeah, what do you boys think? I think um, the eighth keeper is definitely going to like take a chance on a rookie. Um, like, I remember it's frustrating last year. I had a couple of rookies on my team, but I had my seven strong keepers I had to keep, and I was like, "Shit, I want to keep this rookie because I think he's going to be a machine. He's one year off it." Yeah, but I got to get rid of him because I don't have that spot for him. So I think it allows you to take a flyer, like you said. Um, with the draft, I think the first round picks are still very valuable because you look at the draft this year. Who are the top three guys we're going to take? Cade, Jalen Green, possibly Mobley. Yeah, they're all rookies. They're all going to stay the same. Um, but I reckon the second and third picks might lose some value. But we'll see how we go. Yeah, uh, I'm personally being in tank mode for a lot of last season. I it was a massive reason why I wanted to be in the lotto this year because I wanted Cade, Jalen Green, or Evan Mobley to have as a keeper for next year. So I'm already looking at going into next season with Jalen Green being my eighth keeper straight away. Unless you pick him, then I get Cade. So it's, <laughs> it's a win-win all the way. It's a 1A, 1B for me. So, yeah. And they're already locked in as an eighth keeper. So uh, I think it's actually played in a lot for the worst teams from last year. But um, yeah, great question. Yeah, good question, Pro. It should be interesting uh, sort of. Sort of thing to watch as the season progresses. Uh, one more here. Uh, this one's from Jordan Sigalakis. No. Jordan Sigar. Hey, Jaden. Good evening, mate. Can you hear your thoughts on the upcoming season? Just a quick one. Do you think there's pressure coming from the top at Rifab's dynasty? Having just acquired Yarn as a triple bust, does he have the depth past his three keepers to make a push? Oh, tell you what. <laughs> really good question there, Jordan. Thanks, thanks, for, the, um, thanks for the question. Well. Um, I mean, if you want a real in-depth analysis, you can go back in the pod earlier and listen to our... Um, our uh, preview slash slash uh, review of Ryan. But um, I reckon the pressure from the top could definitely be there. I mean, you finish last, there's always going to be pressure. And I mean, the admin there would have thought the fans, they can't be happy with that, can they? So, you know, and obviously being a fab, they don't have a history of winning in this league, do they? So nah, not at all. <laughs> you know, it's the fab spoon. The fab spoon, it's a, it's a real thing now. And he's probably, yeah, I mean, based on the stats, one of them's going to take it out again. So... I reckon if he starts off the season slow, there could definitely be some some pressure coming from the media and stuff. And yeah, I, I'm not sure they want to make a change at manager, but uh, you never know. You never know. Anything to add there? Look, um, in in the GM's room, not going to lie, the ownership has definitely had a word with me, and we've all we've all seen it. Harden being unhappy on the team before, so if the team doesn't perform early, there's a decent chance that Harden uh, forces his way out of uh, Rifab's dynasty. So. Uh, while, while unfortunate, um, it's a very valid question. Now, to let to let everyone know, as per usual, uh, I have seven keepers, not three keepers. So, <laughs> just just to fix a little typo there, Jay Sigger, um, maybe that might help when you get your numbers right when you're drafting this season. But um, yeah, oh, not as not as good a question as Prash's, but still a valid <laughs> question nonetheless. Don't you anything to anything to add there or? I think we've covered most of it with Ryan's team. Um, I think he needs to run it back with those two players, like we said, and nail those two picks in the draft and work his way up a wire. And I think he's actually going to get his way up there. Very, very strong chance of getting up there. Um, 
But if he funks it, then he could be down the bottom again. Yeah, it sounds like uh, at John Sigger isn't too confident. Well, um, <laughs> that's it for mailbag this week. Um, just again, at Jaden Hart, add out on Twitter or at Town on Instagram. Just hit me up with the DMs if you've got a question. We want to have a chat even, you know. Um, yeah, we're always down for that. So uh, thanks, boys. And um, we'll look for a sponsor to Sting in the coming days. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll get something worked up for you. <laughs> well, that's all we've got for this first episode of uh, Fantasy Basketball Pod. Um, we'll make another one post-draft. Um, we'll go through the draft results. We'll get some power rankings.